Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtagbasketball.com. Your home for the very best fancy tools and analysis on the internet and the best like advanced schedule in the game. Go check them out. Hashtag basketball.com. I am your host, Mike Catron, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael. Another another crazy day in the NBA, I would say. What have we been saying? Maybe for the last month, what have we been saying? This is going to be an insane trade deadline. It is not even the February yet. It's the middle of January. We got big trade number one coming coming over the wire. I'm not talking about Marvin Bagley like we did last time. I'm talking about Pascal Siakam. He is going to the Pacers. Bruce Bound. Bruce Bound? Bruce Bound. Bruce Brown. I can't even say regular names right. See, I told you this isn't me. This is just it's in my head. Bruce Brown and uh, Jordan Hora, as I looked on Basketball Reference on how to say Jordan's name, um, are headed to the Toronto Raptors, in which I believe is, this is the first domino of many to fall. Tyler, how do you feel about this trade from a fantasy perspective? Um, well, I think there's a lot of layers to it, like any trade. Um, obviously, Siakam, I would argue, is going to be better in Indiana. Like They're going to run a little bit faster, right? They're going to run a little bit higher tempo offense. So um, Now, Siakam's been a little bit of a disappointment. So the question is really, can he get those deal and block numbers up from where they are right now? But, I mean, would it be crazy to see him increase his points and rebounds and assists? I don't think it would. I'm interested. I'm very interested in how this is going to go down because this is where I'm confused. I can kind of see Pascal Siakam being an incredibly important part of this Pacers team, especially with Tyrese Halliburton out. But that role that Pascal has played in the past, I feel like shifts away from that that bigger man to being more of a of, of a scoring wing, like you're saying. Um, which, because we have um, plenty of, of of bigs in Indiana who can, um, you know, get those rebounds, who can play defense on bigger dudes. Um, where does that land Siakam? I, I do think that for now, at least in the short term, tomb, geez, what happened to me? In the short term, his points are going to go, like, the points are going to go up. I would assume the assists are going to go up because he's probably one of the better playmakers outside of TJ McConnell on this team now. The rebounds, I'm not so sh- I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure they need him doing a lot of rebounding uh, on this team. And then if once this team gets healthy, is he the second most used player on the team? Is he the third most used player on the team? And what does that do to the rest of the supporting cast? Like Benedict Mathurin or Obi Toppin or uh, some of these other guys who have, uh, you know, Jalen Smith, who've come in and played important roles off the bench. Because if those roles stay the same, then Pascal Siakam's incredibly high minutes in Toronto are going to look more like 29, 30 minutes a game in Indiana if they don't need him to play that much. Um, there's a lot to unpack there, but I'll say <laughs> this to start it. Um, I think. 
you know, Rick Carlisle, you know, back to his Dallas days, right, has shown that he is going to lean into playing veterans and playing them a significant amount of minutes, especially when those veterans are his best players. So I think Siakam, I mean, is he going to play 38 minutes a game that he was playing in Toronto a couple years ago? I don't think so. Nick Nurse is the only person who plays anybody 38 minutes a game. But I think 34, 35 is a safe bet for him just in general. I also think the Pacers make another trade off this. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, they still have Buddy Heald. They still have a lot of those young players that you mentioned. They still have two first-round picks they could trade. I think, you know, the smartest move is to trade Heald and open up some minutes for, you know, Mathurin and those uh, wings. So I think the Pacers are going to play Siakam a ton. I think he is going to be better than he was in Toronto. I don't know if he's going to get you a steal a game or, you know, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 blocks, which is something he needs to be, you know, a top 40 player. But it would not at all surprise me if all the other numbers are better. And, you know, you mentioned it, like, Miles Turner is not a great rebounder. I mean, he only averages seven a game. He plays away from the basket. Like, he, he he's shooting a lot of threes. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, I, I think Siakam maybe can get that rebounds up closer to, you know, seven, seven and a half, eight, where he's been in Toronto, um, as opposed to 6.3, where he's at this year. So I like the trade for Siakam and his fantasy value. I like the trade uh, for the Pacers, who went for it, and it sounds like they're going to sign Siakam long term and you know, be a little bit more interesting of a contender going forward. Um, For the Raptors, I think this is the the second of maybe a bunch of trades and they kind of completely tear it down. Yeah. I was definitely saying there's definitely a trade in the works for Toronto after this. Does this does not even feel like the first domino for them, let alone the rest of the NBA. Um, yeah. Pascal Siakam, right. If I had to wager right now, he's in the kind of like the mid sixties uh, as a fantasy player, probably rest of the season. Let's, let's say definitely a top 50 player. Minutes probably going to stay the same, especially if they make another move. But while Tyrese is out, they stay the same. I actually think they might go down uh, once Tyrese is back. I, I know that sounds kind of weird because they don't play the same positions, but um, I do think like the Pacers have title in their in their sights, right? And so they're not going to be risking the health of a thirty-year-old Pascal Siakam, uh, and they're not really going to be risking the health of. Tyrese or any, Turner or anybody else, because this is this is a team that has, I mean, legitimately could be a title contender coming out of the East. Like the the, the league is wide open right now. But yeah, those... and I mean, I think they they get even more interesting if they make another trade. Like if they get yeah. uh, a wing defender, you know, I don't know the name, I don't have it off the top of my head, but like if they get insert strong wing defender, this team instantly becomes pretty interesting because. You know, their big knock right now is, is right, they have a, a very bad defense and the best offense in the league. But if you got Siakam, Miles Turner, and a pretty strong wing defender, that's the start of a good defense. Oh, absolutely. That's the start of a bunch of long, athletic dudes in the mode of Toronto, right? Um, who can switch, who can get out on the perimeter and guard just like the and go body up with big dudes. Like, this is definitely a great move for the Pacers. And I do think you're going to see Pascal probably, you know, probably increase 
his usage his usage was actually if i'm looking at this right um has been a little uh down uh as it, this season with uh scotty barnes being kind of like the guy obviously that they're going to build around in toronto uh, even though scotty barnes got absolutely locked down by alex caruso i think if you are voting scotty barnes into the into the all-star game you have to consider reverting that vote and giving it to Alex Caruso at this point because uh, Scotty Barnes did not fare well against the Bulls the other night on TNT. The TNT Bulls are back. No big deal. One win. I'm already back on the Bulls bandwagon. But yeah, Pascal Siakam, I, you know, if you trade for him, if you can, uh, maybe people have an opposite opinion where it's like, oh, Pascal was kind of like the guy in Toronto and now he's going to a, a, a deep team. Uh, the menace might not be there. I don't I don't think this will be got in store. I think it does on the Pacers, uh, Pascal being there. It does hurt. Um, playing time for certainly Obi Toppin. Um, I think he slides right into that spot. Uh, Jalen Smith wasn't playing a ton of minutes anyway, so I think those minutes will still be there for him. You know, Benedict Mathurin. I mean, I, maybe. Some less playing time for him, but I don't think it's significant enough to care about. Uh, but I, I, I would definitely have Benedict Mathurin on a team. And maybe this, I don't think it takes away from TJ McConnell until obviously Aries Halberton comes back. But I actually like the move for the Toronto Raptors as well. Like finally leaning into a rebuild, which, uh, you know, some other teams in the East should probably be doing as well. And I went out and picked up Bruce, uh, Bruce Brown. Because Bruce Brown with minutes is a really nice fancy player. Oh, yeah. Bruce Brown is good. Uh, I will say, too, that Tyrese Halliburton uh, was questionable for Thursday's game and could be back uh, relative short order. So that's something to watch. Very too. Soon. Yeah. And um, I think that will happen hopefully quick. Uh, like you're saying, if he's healthy this early, they're going to want to keep him. I think you said a few episodes ago, you want to keep him in, get him into that all star game, have him ho- since they're hosting. They're going to be the team to talk about during that all-star break. So uh, this could be exciting. Um, I'm a full proponent of picking up Bruce Brown in a standard league right now in 25 minutes in his debut with the Raptors, 15.7 rebounds an assist, a steal and one three pointer. If those minutes start looking more like 33, 34 minutes, Bruce Brown is is very capable of being a top 70 standard league player giving you over a steal a game a couple a handful of assists good rebounder uh definitely some rebounds to go around in toronto with siakam leaving uh not the best three-point shooter but can score has good percentages like this is a guy like across the board i would say fantasy wise i like what he brings you in a nine cat league and you know how I like my nine cap players, Tyler. I don't think he, he gets out of that plateau region into like the top 45, top 40 at all, even with like a ton of minutes. And you, like you were saying, Nick Nurse likes to play people minutes. Hopefully he likes to play Bruce Brown a bunch of minutes. And that's why I think it's worth uh, getting Bruce Brown on your team, on your bench right now, seeing what happens. Nick Nurse coaches the Sixers now, just so you know. God damn it. <laughs> why am I thinking of Nick Nurse? Uh, well, Nick Nurse, what's going on in my head? I was mentioning. I'm, Nick um, 
when I was saying about he played Pascal Siakam 38 minutes a game, which was insane. Um, yeah, yeah was, I think I think for Toronto, do they even keep Bruce Brown is, I guess, my first question. Because I think there's a lot of contending teams that want Bruce Brown, right? I mean, he just played a key role on the Nuggets championship team last season. Um, you mentioned it. He's a super versatile guy, right? For fantasy and in real life, right? He can handle the ball a little bit. He can get some rebounds. He can score a little bit. He can sink some three-pointers. Like, he is the type of player that every contending team wants. So if somebody throws the Raptors a first-round pick or you know, a first-round pick and a couple second-round picks, like I could see Toronto definitely trading Bruce Brown before the deadline. Um, and obviously we're not going to know where that is. But if he stays in Toronto, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like, I mean, Podol's out, but... Are they going to try to trade Podol before the deadline? And if Podol is out for a significant amount of time, like who's going to get the rebounds on this team? Like Bruce Brown could get you eight, nine rebounds a game because they just don't really have anybody else that's going to really hit the glass. And they need scoring too, right? They have Dennis Schroeder. They have Emmanuel Quickly. They have RJ Barrett. They have Scotty Barnes. But like Bruce Brown is going to have games where he averages, you know, like 15 a game. And then he's going to have games where he gets like, you know, eight. But at the same time, I think across the board in an eight cat or even nine cat league, like Bruce Brown is going to be good and be probably a top one hundred player for as long as he's in Toronto. That's uh, that's high praise, Tyler. That's very high praise. Uh, but yeah, like this is um, they didn't. I don't think they traded Bruce Brown to be a a piece. I really don't. I, I think they were like this guy's in his prime. He's an incredibly good puzzle piece to a good like a good team a good future team in the next three years right so like yeah bruce brown playing minutes is definitely a top 100 player um i don't know what's going on in in my brain what year i think it is tyler um my apologies to uh darko ryakovich who's the actual coach of the toronto raptors i think deep down I, li- I I try like I've I've tried to like figure out my way into the dimension where Derrick Rose never gets hurt. Um, the Bulls promote Nick Nurse to their coaching spot, um, and you know uh, the 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 horrible era of uh, of Fred Hoiberg and he who shall not be mentioned never happened. So I think when I think of Nick Nurse, I think of the the reality I could currently live in, which is having multiple titles again as a Bulls fan with uh, Joakim Noah and Derrick Rose's uh, retirement ceremony, uh, putting their jerseys in the rafters would be happening later this month. And I'd be going to the I'd be going to the game. That's enough out of me. I'm uh, I really have like lost my absolute mind, Tyler. Ah, the Bulls being bad will do that to you, I think. Yeah. The the Reinsdorf's uh, tyranny. Actually, what it is, it's the Reinsdorf's tyranny of the recent, like, Ring of Honor thing where they were booing, like, Jerry Sloan's wife or widow or whatever. Listen, uh, as a Bulls fan, you have the right to boo any any family member of Jerry Sloan. Uh, Quite frankly, I don't think it's cool that they – because they weren't booing his widow. They were booing Jerry Jerry Krause. Excuse me. They were booing. Booing Krause. And then they put his widow on the Jumbotron. 
maybe, you know, maybe you should have seen that coming if you had any idea what your fans thought about your franchise. But it was a complete uh, botched by the ownership. Sell the team. Um, Bulls fans are being being really like sold out, uh, sold out like right now. And it's just it's it's infuriating. And I, you, you hate to see it, Tyler, unless you hate. The no, Bulls, you know then, what? You know? Here's what oh. I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that they're they sell off all their pieces, go full tank mode. That way, the end of the regular season, I can come to Chicago and we can sit way down there by the court for a very cheap price and enjoy a game together, Michael. That sounds one. That, see, that sounds like a reality I do want to live in, Tyler. So let's cross our fingers that the Bulls sell everyone on their team. And I think there's going to be a lot of trades, like we said, between now and the trade deadline. One team that I don't know if they're going to make any trades, but they certainly are in re uh, in a uh, in a tank mode, whether they like it or not. The Memphis Grizzlies are just suffering. If you are a Grizzlies fan, uh, you still don't get to like say you're suffering more than Bulls fans because you aren't. But it's been a shit season for you as a as a Grizzlies fan. The Grizzlies are just rolling out with like Jaron Jackson and nobody else, but that means usually that means. Someone is going to get the minutes. Someone is going to get some uh, boosted fantasy value in this, you know, kind of this first stint of Memphis games. You're seeing Luke Kennard and Vince Williams get uh, quite a few minutes. They don't actually have a point guard on this team right now. And I think like the favorite of like fantasy people is, well, Xavier Tillman played really good minutes and did really well for this team. So like go pick him up. I'm not so sure about that. Tyler, is there anyone on Memphis that you're, picking up for the short term just to see how they get utilized over the next like you know month or so this is an interesting one because i'm not sure memphis knows who they want to play yeah if that if that's fair um i will say this um over the last seven days which is obviously a tiny sample size uh, they have three top 100 players and a fourth ranked 110th. Um, somebody's gonna have to score on this team, and it can't be Jaron Jackson scoring 40 a night. So they're gonna have somebody that's going to have some fantasy value. Now, who and how much? That's open for debate. Um, I think the most interesting person to talk about is Vince Williams. Yes, 23 years old. Uh, in the the minutes are there for him because those you know that position right there is just like there's no one to slot into the position that he plays. He's going, he's the de facto in my opinion. Uh, who's going to play? Uh, he started five games in a row. And well, what's crazy he is got, he's got those assists, like, steals, and assists. It's nice. They've they've drafted like five guys that play that position in the last three or four years, and none of them. And Vince Williams has been better than all of them. Yeah, like none of them are good. Like. We nobody remember when people were on about Brandon Clark. Remember, remember Brandon Clark, everyone. Whatever happened to him? Uh, he tore his Achilles, hasn't played, but uh, exactly. yeah. Um, yeah, that I think the, th- the thing that's interesting about Williams in the uh recent short term is the steals. Now, if you look, you know, per 36 minutes, he averages 1.3 steals and one and one block per game. Um, for his career now obviously that's a 46 game sample so that's a really tiny sample but 
there is some interesting stuff here and the potential for him to be a top 100 player. You mentioned it. I think he's going to play 35 minutes for the foreseeable future. Like, what reason do the Grizzlies have to bring back Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, any of these guys? None? None. Zero. At what point do they sit Jaron Jackson? That's why, like, I've been offered a couple of Jaron Jackson trades. I've just, I've just said no, like, because uh, they're, you know, they're comparable trades. And I'm just like, no, because maybe Jaron Jackson goes off for the next month. But then come playoff times, he's not even playing. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I like Vince Williams. Uh, his uh, rebounds per 36 are also very intriguing to me. If he becomes someone who, instead of taking about 10 shots a game, is taking 14 shots a game. Uh, and he's getting to uh, what I really like is he, he gets to the line. Playing extra minutes, getting to the line, hitting some threes, getting rebounds. All of a sudden, I mean. You add good steals to that and you're talking about a guy who's starting to approach the top 50, which is pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, for sure. And. I guess the worry for anyone on this team is at what moment. And you mentioned it, right? Like, Jaron Jackson, they shut him down. But at what moment do they just, like, stop playing anybody and start playing Gigi Jackson? Hopefully never. <laughs> I mean, Gigi Jackson had a good game the other night. But, like, yeah, he's fine. That's, that's my point is, like, I don't know. This could be a team where they go, like, uh, full Blazers tank mode the last couple of years where they're, like, playing guys out of the G League for the last 10 or 15 games. The whole G League just shows up. Starts playing, puts on the uniforms, nobody notices. I mean, it's certainly possible. Also, like, Gigi Jackson might actually be really good. <laughs> like, super young. Yeah, and I mean, Gigi Jackson was a guy in the draft that um, people were looking at as um, the the ultimate, like, prospect, right? Like, a guy who has a lot of intangibles that are interesting um, and obviously was, you know, two, three, four years away from being anything in the actual NBA, but at the same time is a guy with a ton of potential. Yeah. So like we talk about silly season a lot, Tyler, we talk about silly season. Memphis Grizzlies are um, on a nosedive into silly season already at a circumstance. And things will get weirder quicker with them than anyone else, which is why like they are my team to watch. Um, simply because the, who knows who's going to be able like to come right off your waiver wire because suddenly they're playing 36 minutes a game out of nowhere because they don't want to win games, which, you know, that's, that's the incentive there for them not to win games. It's quick question. If you are looking at your waiver wire right now, you got uh, Bruce Brown and uh, Vince Williams on there. Who are you picking up? Uh, Bruce Brown, but I think both should probably be owned. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think it's a coin flip. I think you could go either way, whoever you feel. Um, I feel like Bruce Brown does have like a better path to playing time, even though Vince Williams is getting the playing time right now. I, I know that kind of doesn't make sense, but um, that's how I feel. That's how I feel about the long term, the rest of the season. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think you could flip a coin, take either one. Pick them, pick them both up. Are you owning Tillman? Uh, I'm no, I'm not. 
Like, unless I really, I don't, I guess I don't need a lot of forwards in a lot of leagues. I'm not because there was like some really great Tillman games. And then it was just kind of like really bad Tillman games, just like super insane inconsistency, even with the minutes. And then he kind of disappeared and then he had some injury problems and then he was right back to kind of doing what he does, which is like sometimes scoring 20 and sometimes scoring zero. So uh, I'm going to say no, because I think I can get honestly, I think I could get his rebound total from Vince Williams. Maybe not the rebounds plus assists plus steals plus blocks. And if Tillman's going to play like 36 minutes a game, then he probably does warrant being picked up off a waiver, but I'm, I'm not picking him up right now. No. Uh, does it interest you more when I tell you he's averaging 1.2 steals and one block and 20.7 minutes per game for the season? Yes, it does, but I don't like him, Tyler. It's, it might be a little bit irrational, right? Um, I don't think I could put Tillman in a permanent bench spot because the upside isn't there for me. A permanent stream spot? Sure. Uh, stream them in, stream them out, stream them in, stream them out. But a permanent bench spot? Not until... I mean, no. I, 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 don't, I don't want him in a permanent bench spot. I mean, he's a two-category guy. But if you need those two categories, he's interesting for sure. Those two categories are valuable, especially if they're playing four games uh, in a week. So, I mean, I don't, I don't hate people who are going to throw him in a bench spot, play him all four games. But then if I look and the, they got a two game, three game week next week, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping them. Interest in anybody else? On Memphis? Yeah. No, I mean, maybe streaming Luke Kennard, if he's going to play, start. Like, some sort of playmaker has to appear on this team, right? I will say Kennard's averaging 3.8 assists over the last week. Yeah, it's not bad. Ranks 110th um, in just the last seven days. Starting Starting Um, guard. I, I mean, he's a guy that I would stream. Especially if I need points and threes and maybe a couple assists. I mean, the opportunity is definitely going to be there. He is an elite shooter. So, I mean, he's going to probably get you at least two threes every game. And there's the potential for him to hit like six or seven. Um, So, yeah, he's interesting. I mean, just a stream for me. I'm not like holding him no matter what. But at the same point, uh, that's someone who is available that could definitely help you in threes and points. Yeah, put them on your put them on your list. Put them on your stream list because I, I mean what I like to do is I like to see where I'm sitting midweek and go, hmm, I you know what? I'm I'm getting my ass kicked in rebounds, but threes are really close. Let's go get my three point guys. And yeah, that's a perfect candidate to bring in. Uh man, there's so many teams that I feel like are on like the verge of making a move, right? Like Utah feels like definitely a team who's gonna trade somebody. Um, hopefully opening up more playing time for Keontae George, uh, maybe even opening up more playoff time for Chris Dunn, even though I don't, I don't know if he's gonna, you know, keep that playing time, but it would just kind of solidify some of these people's positions in, in the rotation for these teams that play a little loose and fast with their rotations. 
Uh, Atlanta's another team we talked about in a previous episode for uh, keeping an eye on as well. But I wanted to I wanted to go to Detroit because that's a team that I still can't figure out. I know they get like blown the fuck out all the time and they still aren't winning games, but got have seen some really good games from Jay Nivey. Suddenly Killian Hayes is coming in and playing, get you getting you good assists. Um where I mean, I just quite frankly, I don't know what to do with this team, when to do it, and how. Like I, I don't know. I think Jaden Ivey should be uh, rostered in like all leagues for sure. Uh, and then sometimes I'm like, maybe I should pick up Killian Hayes and stream him. He's like averaging like you know, five assists a game in 24 minutes, and you know they need someone to play point guard. Period. Uh, yeah, I mean, Monty with maybe the dumbest quote of the season about Jaden Ivey the other day. Uh, you know, someone in the front office told me I should play him at point guard. Like, yeah, Monty, no no crap. Um, Jaden Ivey, good. Just good at basketball. Yeah. And should be their starting point guard for the rest of the season. Uh, Cade Cunningham's coming back in like a week, and hopefully Monty doesn't bench Jaden Ivey because of it, because Jaden Ivey deserves to play, especially on a team that is... Bad. Do they finish with the worst record in NBA history? And like, uh, they're all to do it. Is that the the eight win Charlotte Bobcats? If I'm rem- if I'm remembering correctly. Uh yeah, I'll look it up for you right now. Uh, yeah, worst record in N- in NBA history was the 2011-2012 Charlotte Bobcats, who won seven games. Wow. Seven and fifty nine. You know what? useless ass trivia like that i'm i'm it's still sitting in my head the coach of uh, the raptors uh who knows who knows who that could be possibly be um so i don't know what why my brain is constructed the way it is but i do know that they need to construct the damn pistons with Jaden ivy as part of their future if not uh the chicago bulls would be happy to trade literally the whole anybody anybody on the team <laughs> You want Zach Levine for Jaden Ivey? Done. Done deal. Absolutely. Get it done. Make that happen. Jaden Ivey's good, man. He's, like, really, really good. And like you're saying, he should be, legitimately, should be playing full-time minutes. And if he is, this is, I mean, this is who he can be. A top 100, maybe even a top 75, top 70 player. Obviously, the the free throws aren't ever going to be there, I, I don't think. But... A lot of t- a lot of people punt free throws. A ton of people punt free throws. So you know, get rid of that factor, and you're looking at an incredibly valuable player. Yeah, and one with a ton of potential too. Like we're talking about a 21 year old kid. So, yeah. I mean, to say, oh, you know, even what he's doing right now is like, oh, that's all he's gonna do. I don't know. I mean, this guy could be a 20-point-per-game scorer, averaging, like, 20 and 6 with 5 rebounds and a steal and half a block a game in his prime. Like, he could be really, really good. But, you know, Monty's going to have to trust him, and the Pistons are going to have to actually give him minutes. Will that happen? I mean, it has for the last bit here, but there's no guarantee that that sticks. Yeah, and I think that's what worries me about just running out and putting him on the bench. Though, I'm I'm going to. Like, he's he's on a bench on one of my teams. 
uh, coming in and playing, and he will play until Cade comes back. But then it's like, okay, that really, really worked out. And now Jaden Ivey disappears off the face of the planet because we need to let... This is what I don't understand. Because we need to let Cade Cunningham do the exact same thing, but not with Jaden Ivey and still lose games. Like, that, none of that makes sense. Because, like, legitimately, Jaden Ivey has that, like, Cade Cunningham, Scoot Henderson, like, trajectory potential. He really could be that good. If those guys aren't great, he could be just as great as they are. But, like, for some reason, there's no opportunity for a 21-year-old point guard on the Pistons. And that's what pisses me off. That's why I'm bringing the damn Pistons up. Because I can't figure out what I'm supposed to do with most of these players. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of that comes down to you got to decide who to play. I mean, I think, you know, Jalen Duran is obviously their center of the present and future. Uh, Bogdanovich yeah, is going to play... If- for as long as he's there, Kate Cunningham, when he comes back, is going to play. Um, they're still playing Isaiah Stewart at the four, which that's kind of a weird decision. And I don't really think that Duran and Stewart work well together, but I get it for them. They don't really have a true power forward type. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a very weird team and one that needs to make some moves if they're going to not be bad for the next half decade. Well, good luck. Good luck with that, Detroit. Uh, sorry about you. I, uh, you know what? I don't. Uh, I, that's that's not true. I don't. I don't wish ill on any anyone really, other than Jim Boylan. But I don't want Detroit to be good. I don't care if they're good. <laughs> you get what you get, Detroit. So sorry about it. Sorry. Sorry to all the Pistons fans. I guess. I hope the city of Detroit gets uh, improves. It's a nice culinary scene in Detroit. I hope that continues to uh, happen. But the Pistons, uh, I don't care. Move the Pistons to the city of Detroit. Then I'll start rooting for the Detroit Pistons to be better. How about that? Seems like a fair deal. Fair enough. Tyler, um, I'm trying to, you know, I'm looking through, I'm looking through all the, the players I'm keeping an eye on right now. Is there anybody, any team or any players that you've, uh, I guess, recently picked up or, or keeping an eye on for the uh, next few weeks before the All-Star break? Oh, come on, Michael. I know you want to talk about him. You are slandering me on X, formerly known oh. as Twitter, about this man. About... Your boy, Marvin Bagley the third. That is it, Marvin Bagley the third. You you nailed it. I knew there was some numbers after that, dude. Yeah, you did say we got to talk about this big time trade, and um, Marvin Bagley is um playing in Washington. Had a really nice uh, game the other night. Yeah, had 20 points, 11 rebounds, two steals, three blocks, two assists. Like, played 40 minutes. Um, Not sure he's going to play 40 minutes a game. I wouldn't expect the steals and blocks. But at the same time, Marvin Bagley is kind of an interesting fantasy player for what he is, right? And we saw this, you know, back in his days when he played for the Kings after being the number two pick. Like, 
his rookie year, he averaged 15, 7.6 rebounds, and a block. Like, if yeah. you need points and rebounds, now the block, he's never been able to get that back up. Like, if you need points and rebounds, Bagley's not the worst person out there on the waiver wire. He's, he's 25 years old. Like, he's still super young. He's not even 25 years old. He's insanely young. He's on a, a bad team. Danny Gafford is out currently. So it does make a lot of sense that Bagley's going to get some time while Gafford is out. But teams that are bad do weird stuff like, oh, we, got, we just traded for Marvin Bagley. Maybe we should just give him, a, give him some run. Give him 24, 25 minutes a game. And like you're saying, even in like 25 minutes a game, 14 and 7? Is that, is that out of the question? 15 and 8? Yeah, and like that's very interesting for somebody you're literally picking up off the waiver wire for absolutely nothing. That's to me if if he's good. I mean, obviously, thirty nine minutes probably not in the cards. The crazy thing is like there is also a chance that he doesn't play forty nine minutes or thirty nine minutes for the rest of the season. Like that's... I don't know about that. This is a team seven wins. I mean. Obviously, they got to feel like some of these guys are part of their future, right? Like, I don't ask me who it is, right? They could trade Kuzma. I hope headline. so. <laughs> they could trade Tyus Jones, but, like, Bagley is probably not a big part of their future, and so he's the perfect kind of guy to be rolled out there for 40 minutes a game down the stretch when they're trying to lose every single game and, you know, improve their lottery odds. Yeah, just let them get wet. Like, who cares? We're just trying to lose games. Um, Tyus Jones has been having a very nice season, but you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how like his trajectory for the rest of the, the rest of the year, right? Rest of the season, solid dude. Been playing really well. Only been playing what? I mean, has he been playing? Th- not, not even, he's not even playing 30 minutes a game. Like. He's he's been playing thirty minutes a game lately, and you've seen that reflected in his great assists and steals numbers. But is do they j- suddenly just go? Hey, eh, you know, we did the Tyus Jones thing. Let's uh, let's cut him back down 24, 23 minutes. I think they try to trade Tyus Jones, right? I mean, he's in the last yeah. year of that contract. I don't really see him being their point guard of the future. Um, he wanted to go there because he wanted to be a starter. He's ranked eighty third for the season in just twenty eight minutes a game, which is insane. Yeah, um, that's great. But yeah, I mean, I just I don't really see him being a long term piece for them. So again, like he's another guy that could be traded, and the one guy they're not trading is Jordan Poole. So maybe Mike, your uh, he leads the league in scoring. Maybe that happens down the stretch. Maybe if they trade Kuzma and, Ka- and Tyus Jones, maybe it's just Bagley and Poole trading shots for the rest of the year. I'd watch that. that sounds fun. They would be both like yeah. doing the same moves. That'd be great. The Wizards are one of the most difficult teams for me to watch this year. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't. I think every time I throw on League Pass and I see Jordan Poole do anything, I go, well, I got what I wanted out of that game. And it takes about a minute and a half before I turn it off. I'm like, yeah, there's Jordan Poole doing Jordan Poole stuff. That's uh, that's all I wanted to see. So uh Unless they're playing, I mean, honestly, it doesn't really matter who they're playing. I don't want to watch. I don't. I don't watch those games either. Yeah, I mean, they're just 
Not a lot to get excited about there. Uh, Kuzma's fine. You know, Tyus Jones fine for fantasy, but like, yeah, just not not a lot to get you excited. No, unfortunately not. But I think there is a lot to be excited about as we go into that trade deadline. Uh, there's going to be a lot more trades. We're going to be uh, reviewing those trades as they come across our table because we get press releases sent to us via Twitter. And that's where you can find us. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. Tyler, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Tyler P. Watts. Please. If you like the show, rate, review us, or just hit us up on Twitter, like we said. Uh, we'll talk about whatever random stuff you want to hear on the show, because we do it for you, the listeners. We appreciate you joining us, as always, and we will see you next time.